This episode of Half Measures is brought to you by Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Hi, I'm Norman Lau, co-host of Mission Log. While Daniel and Paul are doing a bang-up job covering the wide world of pop culture, we're talking Star Trek, one episode at a time over at Mission Log, looking for morals, meanings, and messages. In fact, there are a whole lot of other shows at podcasts.roddenberry.com for you to choose from. Science, feminism, even daily news. Boldly go and find us when you're done here, of course. Again, that address is podcasts.roddenberry.com, and we will be delighted to have you trek us out. Welcome back to Half Measures and Dan. Are you going to make us restart another podcast? I can see you've got a smile on your face already. Is that a laugh coming? You, look, you know we never restart here, Paul. This, this, we're, we keep it OG. We keep it raw. You get the, This is the unedited version of the of the Half Measures podcast. And that's what we're coming keep, in hot. That's what keeps people coming back to the show all the time, right? Definitely, definitely. How you been, Paul? So how's things been going, Dan? Oh, well, thank you for asking, Dan. <laughs> I, I've been real good. I, I, I think it's, wasn't it nice that we both for once actually asked each other how we're going? Because, you know, I don't no, think we no took one asked us anymore. on our well-being enough. No, it's like, so the fact that we both asked. No, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I've been back in the office this week uh, for a couple of days. So um, having that train time back in my life is both A, a little bit painful, but be also a little bit of me time where I can actually, you know, get back into my my rewatch of Breaking Bad. So being able to pick that back up has been a bit of a treat this week. And uh, it's getting cold, eh? It's winter here in New Zealand. For those of you listening, not in New Zealand, it's pretty cold. Yeah, no, it hasn't been very hasn't been very good weather here at all. It's not only cold; it's been it's been pretty wet as well. So um, great weather over the weekend anyway for getting amongst some. Um, uh, TV shows and some some video gaming, which I haven't done for a while. Uh, but yeah, look back into the swing of things. But yeah, nothing nothing really too exciting to report. I think we're just getting some live tweets coming in saying uh, at Half Measures Pod. I did not tune in to hear the weather in New Zealand. Tell me what you've been watching, guys. So, or, or just say I haven't been up to much. I thought that's the most terrible answer ever. Yeah. That's, that's anyway, the worst, that is the worst. Be better. Be better. That's the moral of the story. Dan, I'm going to hand to you and say, what have you been watching? <clears throat> well, what have I been watching? So a little um, game came out, just a little indie project, um, which has kind of taken away a little bit of my normal TV watching. And so I've been investing well, quite a bit of the, the weekend, actually, into video game time. And I've been playing The Last of Us Part 2, so a game on PlayStation 4. Um, a game that's been in the been in the making, God for well, the the, the first or the last of us game came out almost sort of um, ten years ago, and now we've got the came actually came out on the PS at the end of the PS3 life cycle, okay. and so pretty awesome to be playing the the Last of Us uh, Part Two. I'm only about halfway through. Uh, I I believe the the story's um, about th- 25 to 30 hours. I've probably played about 12 hours. Um, really, really enjoying it. Um, pretty dark um, content. Sort of, I don't know if you know much about The Last of Us. 
I'm just all? literally, I'm just literally learning as you're talking, just looking it up and seeing this is this is a big thing, right? This is really big. Yeah, no, so it's a it's a really big game, and, and I'm not going to go into any spoilers here. And one of the reasons I I wanted to talk about it on the pod is there's been talk for quite a while now of a uh, the Last of Us TV show, um, and something that. Um, you know, an HBO or an AMC or, or somebody I imagine would, would probably pick up or produce. But think of it like a, a really awesome version of The Walking Dead. <laughs> so it's one of those. Wow. Yeah. I, I feel like it, it, it could be, it could be, it could be better than The Walking Dead, particularly if they, it's such a great universe. It's It's got almost kind of similar themes. Um, you, you, you're killing you're killing me here. How can it be better than The Walking Dead? Really? Is it is it this good? Is it this good? <laughs> I, I'm shocked. All, all of these. Um, so basically, the same the same premise in the sense that there's uh, an infected, which you know, as opposed to walkers, um, yeah. they've got amazing sort of like tales of survival and different sort of factions and there's a whole bunch of really interesting um kind of like human survivors and characters kind of at play and there's there's one um faction which is like they're terrifying in the in the game that i'm playing in part two where they um they whistle to each other to communicate and it's so terrifying and you sort of like you know think about some of the the best moments with the the negan whistle and walking dead but mm. you imagine a whole faction of people kind of like um interacting with um just purely whistles and things like that so no, look really fun game um fun actually that's, that's not a word that's probably not really a word <laughs> i should use a very um i'm really enjoying the game it's i'm only about halfway through um, it's definitely got a lot of twists and turns. If you haven't played the first game, you would want to watch uh, at least uh, watch a recap. But you know, it's often a, it's a um, PS classic, so you can always pick it up quite cheap. And and you you do kind of need to know the premise of the of the first game to really appreciate the um, second story. One of the things which is um, quite controversial about the game at the moment is it's received heaps of really positive reviews from um, gaming outlets, lots of um, mm. 10 out of 10s on places like IGN. But when you go into Metacritic, um, the critic review scores are sort of on the one end of the scale being really high, and then the user reviews on the other end, like at the moment, it's sitting at about a... I think it's a, about a four, a four point three, yep. um, and so and a, there's a lot of angry people out there who are not happy with where the story is going. Um, some of the things that happen in there, there's lots of sort of controversy about have those people actually finished and played the whole game. But myself, I'm enjoying it. Um, I think it's. If they kind of get the get the show off the ground, get the um, I guess the pilot off the ground to do a, a pilot, it could be a really interesting concept. It's got when I say better than Walking Dead, I just feel like it's it's got I think it's got the bones of a really good story without maybe like having sort of the you know when the, I'm rambling a bit here, but I instead of being a Instead of being uh, set within a, a comic book universe and they're kind of following the, um, you know, sort of the key story points to that, um, it's more I think they've got sort of a, a world that's built and there's all sorts of 
untapped possibilities. So I think there's some interesting things I could tap into. I'm not sure whether it would be a um, whether it would be sort of built around the video game or just set within the universe. But I think it'd be a really interesting thing to explore. So yeah, look, definitely check it out if you're interested. I imagine if if you are interested, you're probably already playing it. I'd love to know your thoughts. So um, yeah, hit me up. Hit me up on our Discord. I'd love to have a chat a chat about it there. No spoilers though. I'm still halfway through. Um, <clears throat> but it, just just to talk about that game briefly, this is something that I feel like has 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 disappeared from my repertoire as gaming. It's just become, you know, time is is everything, and um. I'm, I'm struggling to find a game that I can play quickly because they all seem to be, you know, quite long and involved. And you've, you've said you spent a fair bit of time on the weekend playing it. And I guess that people want to get their money's worth out of a game. But um, yeah, what's, what's, what is your estimate on to, in terms of to complete this game or to complete it to a, a satisfying point to get to the end of it, as it were? How, how much time are you looking at investing in it? Um, so I'm going for the, uh, the the platinum trophy in the game. I'm I like to be a bit of a, a completionist when it comes to um, PlayStation games, mm-hmm. and so from everything I've read and seen, like 25 to 30 hours. Um, I think if you were not going for all the collectibles, you could probably um, go through a little bit faster. Uh, but it's one of those games too where all of the collectibles kind of add to the the story and the lore and they kind of bring out different components to it. Um, and it's if you have you played any of the Uncharted games, which are also made by um, Naughty Dog. No, I have to embarrass myself here and say I've played a lot of Lego games with the kids. I've right, played right, some football right. games and I've played some Star Wars games. Pretty much full stop. <laughs> Right, right. Oh, yeah. So, <clears throat> look, it's definitely a, it's a real story based game. Um, everything you're doing is kind of um, character driven for a lot of it. It's not like a um, just a, a game you just jump in on and you spend twenty minutes and, and go and do something. Which is which is interesting because I struggle to play this game after work because I often think to myself, "Have I got enough time to kind of really like immerse myself back in it?" So mm-hmm. I tend like I played it all weekend. I'm looking forward to playing it again this weekend. Um, but it's it's something I I think sitting down and having a good sort of three or four hour window um, would be really good. So I I think you might have a three to four hour window sometime in. Late 2030? 20, 2036, I think I have, yeah. So, um, right, okay, that, yeah, yeah. It sounds like what you really need this weekend is some visitors to turn up and announce. That's what you need, right? You, you got this game, you've got this thing, you're set on gaming, and now, you know, maybe maybe some people drop by. That'd be fantastic. Maybe, maybe. Um, so then, aside from uh, playing video games, I have watched a little bit of TV as well, always trying to always be watching as they say just to mm-hmm. keep the keep the listeners happy always have something good to talk about so i started season 4 of ethers for family which um which is on netflix yes. it's a new season out and also it's got our boy in it jonathan banks so which is pretty important amazing one of the greatest voices of all times that's right that's right so um Jonathan Banks plays uh, William Murphy, so Frank Murphy's dad, and I'm about halfway through season four. It's definitely your your classic um, efforts for family humour, um, super super dark. Bill Burr's comedy is on on point, and 
you're you're an FS4 family fan, aren't, aren't you? I love it. I love it. It's so uh, inappropriately 70s and it's great. There's, so there's all of that humour all throughout. Um, lots of um, dad issues come into play with uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Banks as, as the father. So look, really enjoying it, looking forward to finishing it. Um, and then maybe once you've watched it, we could do a bit of a, a wider, wider sort of chat about the season. I love it. Now that I know that now that I know you're watching it, I might try and get that into my train schedule. Sounds good. And so, two other things. So, um, I've started on season two of What We Do in the Shadows. So you might recall one of my top ten TV shows of 2019. Mm. So, What We Do in the Shadows um, is on Neon, which I guess will soon to be the new combined Neon Lightbox. Called neon. <laughs> is that what it's going to be called? Um, neon. Is that actually what they're going to call it? It's just going to keep the brand. Yeah, neon. disappointing, isn't it? Yeah. I think there's a real opportunity to rebrand, do something better. Mm. Anyway, um, they haven't asked us for our opinion, but I we'll know. give it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm about almost sort of similar. I'm about halfway through that season as well. So ten episode season. Um, it's great. It's great. It's so great to catch up with um, my local vampires again. Um, Nandor, Laszlo, um, Colin Robinson. Colin Robinson, as I, I'm not sure if you remember from, from our 2019 uh, episode, is one of my favourite vampires. He's an energy vampire. That's right. He drains, people, he drains people's energy by talking to them about stuff they don't care about, much like I've probably done for the last 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I feed. We'll, we'll ask people to reply to that via one of our social media just to check in if anyone's listening. Indeed, indeed. And then just continuing on with um, watching um, Seinfeld, um, Outrageous Fortune, and um, Rebels. So just can, like, I've got a lot going on in my life. I, I need more spare time. It's great. It's great. And I love the way now that we've got to that point where when we say we're watching Seinfeld, we just, we've talked about it so much, but we know that we just can't focus on it too much. But what I would love to do once we're at the end of, when we, once we've both finished Seinfeld, I think I'd love to dive into that as well, because um, Seinfeld was part of my watch this week as well. Uh, every time I watch it, I just, uh, we said it before, it's just getting better and better. And maybe we should talk about our favorite, like at the end, talk about our favorite episodes across all which will be hard it'll be a hard picker our top tens or or something i'm on board with that what I, about you, I'll, 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 I'll um yeah i'll kick off with seinfeld um but not right. the serious seinfeld um the stand-up so this is jerry seinfeld's latest uh, stand-up comedy again on netflix uh called 23 hours to kill and this is funny as hell um it was uh, a, a, a great, if you're feeling like you just need a real good laugh, I can guarantee this is for you. And Seinfeld is somehow 65, which um, he sort of announces as part of this uh, stand-up. And, you know, honestly, the things he's talking about, the way he's living his life, I feel like he seems like mid-40s. Um, there's, there's so much relevance in his jokes to where I'm at. And uh, it's always about the simplest things in life. Um, there's a, you know, no spoilers on these jokes, obviously, but there is a section on Pop-Tarts. That's just genius. It's just absolute genius. And uh, what's interesting is every now and then, the way he talks, it almost feels like 
and this is going to sound a bit weird, but it almost feels like he dips into his Seinfeld character, which is a weird thing to say, given that it's him. But it's when he does that, it's like maybe Seinfeld in Seinfeld was was way more Jerry Seinfeld than I actually ever realized, rather than it being a character within itself. Because when Seinfeld talks, when Jerry Seinfeld talks like Seinfeld, this sounds crazy. Um, it's one of the funniest things. And to see him still doing that so many years later, is um, it's really, really rewarding. Um, and like I say, it's, an, it's only an hour. It's on Netflix. And it's probably the best stand-up I've seen since Ricky Gervais's um, Humanity. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty high praise from me. So, yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think um, when Jerry Seinfeld becomes Jerry Seinfeld is when you're, you're at peak Jerry Seinfeld. Um <laughs> And I have you seen Jerry Seinfeld live at all? It, it's very um, similar. No. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's very similar. And it often makes it, like it. It doesn't feel. I feel like when I say Jerry Seinfeld, it's almost like I'm thinking of two characters. I'm thinking of um, Jerry Seinfeld and Seinfeld, and then I'm thinking of mm-hmm. the actual person. And That's I, right. yeah, there, there's definitely the. There's, there's moments that really kind of bring those two worlds together all the time. So I'll, I'll have to check it out, and an hour should be a, an easy watch somewhere in that schedule. Oh, real easy watch. And it's, um yeah, it's it's if you like his Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which is another series I, I've enjoyed, particularly his uh, his episode where he goes and picks up President Obama from the White House. One of the greatest things I've ever seen was him just turning up on the couches and sitting there eating an apple with his feet up on the desk. I mean, it was just, yeah, that's another story. I'm going, I'm going way off track here, but really, really good. Um, probably um, the next thing, probably the best thing I've watched in the, in the last week. And um, Dan, I can see the smile on your face and I'm going to have to tell the listeners something before we get to it. I have in the past seven days watched the fast and the furious and i will be coming to that in due course however i want to leave it to the end so that when you cut me out and try and get me removed from the podcast and start advertising for a replacement at least i've got to talk about everything else i've been watching it wasn't the best thing i watched this week the best thing i watched was a movie called uh, astronaut the last push and i yeah you may not have uh, heard of this one it's kind of it's quite old it's 2012 um it's it's actually on amazon prime um and they have a lot of great content on there this is where i've got um battle beyond the stars last week so there's a there's a heap of movies on there it's a movie about the first manned mission to explore um jupiter or the moons of jupiter um and the plan is that these two astronauts are supposed to be in hibernation for like 60 six years sorry six years until they reach uh, the moon europa of, of jupiter and I'm not giving away too much of the plot because all of this is explained within like the first five minutes. And whilst they're on this six-year hibernation, um, they take a journey to, to Venus. They use the planet's gravity to slingshot back to Earth. They're traveling at speed. They get to Earth, and then they do another slingshot around Earth, and they go off to Jupiter. It's, sort of, it's like the fastest way to get to Jupiter. But on the way to Venus, here comes the, here comes the, the twist. The ship is damaged by a, a meteor, and one of the astronauts is killed. And at the same time, the hibernation and the reentry capsules are destroyed. So that's how we have our plot. And the main dude, Michael, uh, we spend the rest of the movie with him. And it's basically uh, him on a three-year journey to get home to Earth. Um, and he's in pure solitude. Um, and obviously the slingshot 
around the earth to get to Jupiter is cancelled because basically, you know, the mission's over. He, has, he just has to get home. Can he get home? This is a real gem of a find. Um, it's got a a really um, diverse cast with some some names that we all that I know you'll recognise. But the, again, just like we talked about the other day, the, the bingo tombola of picking out actors. This was another one of those. We've got Kerry Payton as the lead as Michael. He uh, we know and love him as the King from The Walking Dead, and um, probably most kids around the world will know him as the voice of Cyborg from Teen Titans. Um, He's, he's the main protagonist in this movie. Lance Henriksen, who will always be Bishop from Aliens. Uh, he plays the billionaire who finances this mission. And then the third main actor, because not many people in this movie, as you might gather, uh, it's sort of a solitude movie, is um, Brian Baumgartner, uh, who's best known as Kevin from The Office. Um, and he puts in a really good performance as the guy who um, the king, uh, sorry, the king, Michael, is <laughs> is talking to sort of over delayed video to try and keep him sane and motivated and eating and exercising and all that sort of stuff to stay alive, to get back to earth. Um, so yeah, it's a sci-fi movie, um, which I loved all that side of it. Um, but where it's really good is the psychological impact of being alone in a forced, unplanned self-isolation for many years, millions of miles away from any other humans, uh, within a very, very small confined habit, habitation module. Um, so it's it's got that sort of, um, you know how I've talked about before, I love movies that have got, when they're set within a confined space, like The Platform or Cube or Criminal, just things that are set within a confined space. It's got that sort of thing going on. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a lot about this movie I like. Um, Kerry Payton is really good. You feel everything he's going through, the anxiety and... So you get to learn a lot about what motivates a person in terms of when you're put in this position to survive, you know, to just to get home. And uh, I got a lot out of it. So um, guy uh, Eric Hayden wrote and directed this movie. Um, and, you know, he has a real, from what I've read up on it afterwards, he has a really small budget and he does a really good job with it. And it's less than two hours. So, again, it's a, it's a pretty easy watch. So, you know, as the kids say, get amongst it. What the kids say? I don't know what the kids say. You know what, Paul? As soon as you told me it, w- it was the greatest movie you've watched this week, <laughs> and then it wasn't The Fast and the Furious. You switched off, right? I've, I haven't been switching off. I've just been sitting here building my counter argument and getting ready to um, dissect The Fast and the Furious with you. So um, the one hook that uh, did interest me in that movie is um, Kevin Malone from The Office. That sounds great. I'm interested. That, that's the big hook out of everything. That's I just the hook. Said. That's, yeah. the hook. That's, all, that's all, all I heard was it wasn't Fast and the Furious as your number one movie and Kevin Malone from The Office is in a movie. I'm, I'm interested. It, actually, on, the, on that subject of Kevin, it, it is bizarre. When you see someone who, if you know the, the US office, Kevin is a really – you know, he's a very specific type of character and he has a very specific voice way of talking. So when you see that actor doing something that's not Kevin, because I don't know, I, I, just, I just feel like I haven't seen him in anything else. And so therefore he is just Kevin from The Office. It's like, that's who he is. It's, it's, it is quite, that was a little bit distracting at first when I was like, why is he talking to Kevin? It was bizarre. <clears throat> that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I haven't seen I'm sure he's in. I'm sure he's in many things, but he's always given to me, much like Jim's always Jim. Even when I see him in Jack Ryan, it's yeah, Jim. 
it's Tim. It doesn't matter what you do, right? Yeah. Um, next movie I watched, and I enjoyed this one too. So this is another um, you know, kudos to the the astronaut, the last push, uh, was Bumblebee. Uh, so this is um, the latest Transformers movie. I own all six of them. But the truth is that I only really like the first one from 2007 and a few bits of the next four here and there because um, I think they just went a bit far in places. And yeah, so along comes the sixth movie and it's probably the only Transformers movie I haven't seen at the cinema. Um, so I'm a little late in seeing this, but it's really good. It's um, In fact, I would, go, I would go so far as to say it's, it's either my favorite or it's my joint favorite with the first one. Um, it's under two hours, so it's not um you know i felt like the other ones went on for too long it's not as hectic uh hasn't got the action for the sake of action like some of those last couple of transformers movies have had it's got a real heart to it it's got a real good story has sad moments it has heaps of funny moments um in fact you know it's the sort of movie that i would be comfortable to watch with you know with, with the kids so it's quite friendly in that respect and i guess the story is a little bit more simplistic in that respect. Um, you know, compared to any other Transformers movie, it's a lot easier to follow and the focus is on characters and humor with a good measure of action here and there. Um, and the lead actress. Does, okay. I was going to say, does it link up to the other, other Transformers movies or is it, I've always kind of, is it independent or is it a reboot, re, not a reboot, but like, is yeah. it a, a soft reboot or what's its status? So it's, um, it's, it's a prequel, um, to the other five. Uh -huh. So it's actually set in the mid eighties. Um, so Bumblebee is a, is a VW Beetle as, as we know and love him. I mean, uh, we even discover how Bumblebee gets his name. And, um, so, so yeah, so it's a prequel in that respect. Um, and without, trying to give away too many spoilers um but hey you know, it's a 2018 movie so it shouldn't feel too bad about it right um you get to see some other g1 transformers in it as well which um if you've seen the trailer you, you're probably already going to be aware so you you get ratchet you get optimus prime you've got uh wheeljack ironhide blitzwing soundwave ravage cliffjumper um shockwave um and the it's for me that's what makes it so relatable is all those g1 characters and not just that but also the look of them and the feel of them and and the sound as well um which is which was, was a real treat um so if you you know if you want to sort of hear some some g1 time um, g1 shockwave some g1 sound wave you know it's really you know you're going to get a lot out of it it's a lot of fun uh you don't get as much out of those characters as I would have liked, but maybe there's a sequel or two, which is being talked about, um, that could explore some of those a bit more. Um, but um, no, the, what makes it successful is the relationship between Bumblebee and the lead. Um, uh, I can't think of the character's name, but it's played by um, Hayley Steinfeld. Um, and she's the first female lead in a Transformers movie, which is great. Um, and she really knocks it out of the park. I think she's really... Um, really really top draw for anyone who's seen true grit you know she was that young one with, with, with jeff bridges mm -hmm. and josh brolin and um yeah she's she's always been really good she's really connects with bumblebee at an emotional level which is a crazy thing to say when he's a machine and of course when she's filming there's nothing there um so that comes across really strong which is um is fantastic so um yeah recommended it's a movie that's been on my watch list for ages, and 
like I really enjoyed the the first Transformers movie myself, and then it's pretty much felt like it's gone downhill quite a bit since then. And so when Bumblebee came out, I thought, oh, this trailer looks exactly like the type of Transformers movie I've wanted to watch, but just for one reason or another, have never hasn't been on any of my platforms or anything like that. So I'm I'm really excited to check it out. Um, and it would be great with everything you've said and even some of the reviews that have been out about that that film, even though it's a few years old now, mm-hmm. for them to kind of um, relaunch from that sort of platform. I think it would be much more, I think what people are looking for, a, a much more f- fun universe. Um, yeah, the fun factor, that's it. Yeah. So the elements of that fun in that first one, I think when the Transformers first arrived and we were getting to know them and, you know, I think Bumblebee in that first one was sort of, you know, messing about in the garage of the house and it was quite funny with, with um, what was his name, Sam? Was it Sam? Mm, Sam yeah, Wickwicky. His, 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 his parents. Um, so, there, yeah, there was a lot of elements of fun, in it, but then it just, I don't know whether it was Michael Bay or, or, or what it was, but it just became a little bit too hectic. The story became convoluted. There was too much metal which sounds crazy. I know we've talked about this before, haven't we, in terms of what that looks like on screen. Sometimes it can be a bit, a bit much. Well, I think, you know, what's good about the the G1 Transformers is they're, they're so um, identifiable because they are big, bright, blocky sort of looking robots. That's Whereas it. in the modern Transformers movies, apart from, you know, your Optimus Primes or your Bumblebees, half the time, you know, I've got no idea who's on who's on the screen, particularly when they start fighting and rolling around the place. It literally is just just metal rolling around and you, you can't really tell what's happening. Um, but anyway, that's a side note. The, I, the, the scene on, the scene on um, Cybertron uh, near the start of the movie, which is, as I'm sure you would have seen in the trailer, it's, it's not long. There's only a few minutes of it, but I would almost if I could walk into whoever I know Paramount Pictures or whoever and say, "See this bit here, this two minutes, make a movie for under two hours that has all that stuff that looks like this, and it will be successful because it it is as close as it's exactly how I imagined the G one eighties Transformers cartoon would be translated onto the big screen." And as I'm, as you know, currently watching the G1, it's it's really satisfying to see that um, come through in this latest Transformers movie. So, um, so I'm really glad we bought that movie because uh, I've bought the other, the last two or three, basically out of just I, I need to have it for completion's sake. Otherwise, I won't sleep at night. Whereas this one will be rewatched several times. I feel. Um, I'm, I'm saving the best for last, so so, so, so bear with me. Um, we've been continuing with Mars, still really strong. Um, interesting to see how season two is going to finish. I may have that finished by the next time we record. Uh, still going with Snowpiercer, still enjoying that. Really strong, really enjoying it. Still going with Community, really funny. Chevy Chase, absolutely brilliant. Uh, this is a show I would like to get on your um your regular watching schedule so that we can have a, a dive into that because it's a show that I feel as I feel like it's a show that everyone else in the workplace talks about and I haven't seen it and I, I feel like I'm coming to it late so uh, so yeah and then finally almost finally Breaking Bad 
on the train the rewatch continues and just even within the first sort of 10 minutes of just settling back into an episode of that i was like I, oh yeah i've forgotten how good this was again and um um yeah it's it's just i feel like you know how you rewatch the office and when you get to the end you, you start again i feel like i will go through medical soul and i may just have to go back again it's just i just don't want to stop watching it i just find so much about the story fascinating um oh that's right the fast and the furious okay so i've seen you've rolled your sleeves up so um so come at me here we go um okay so i i need the context paul like how did this even make it to your your tv screen one of my favorite times of the week is when this is going to sound awful <laughs> when the kids have gone to bed <laughs> i haven't got work in the morning and i can we're just like what are we going to watch and we know yeah we're just gonna, we can maybe able to watch a couple of movies or whatever and it's just that great moment of pure freedom and normally one of us will suggest something and we're straight into it but this week it was kind of oh i don't know if i feel like that what about this nah i don't feel like that. and i i just saw it there and i was like if i don't if I don't do this, then it's just going to be there hanging over me for a long. And so I said, shall we watch the first and the furious? And Diana looked at me like you've been drinking or what? And so we were just like, okay, we can't decide on anything. It's funny because, you know, Dan considers this a great movie and so does a number of people in the world, it seems. And so, and so, so it was suddenly on the TV screen and I was, as the, <laughs> As it literally as it started, I was literally sat there just shaking my head, going, "What am I doing? What am I doing?" Um, so, I do want to start by asking a couple of questions, and I feel that you're the subject matter expert here. So, the first and the few is two thousand and one. This movie, um, if they've got this place where they can go and legally and safely race, you know, and we see this in the movie, it's like this runway thing that they all go out to and that they're like there's like a sort of i don't know it's like it almost looks like a desert but it's it's like a runway um race wars got, paul it's called I, race wars okay see i'm, I'm I, said, I said i don't think you say race wars these days it's not culturally appropriate <laughs> okay I won't, I won't be calling it that for sure um if they've got this place then why are they so intent on racing in the streets where not only are they having to watch for the police not only are they having to block off the streets, but heaps of effort is having to go into logistics, like painting the finish lines on the street and, you know, putting innocent people's lives at stake. Why not just go and race at this other place where none of these risk issues or blockers exist? That is the most dead question that I've ever been asked in my life. <laughs> I, sh why, why do people do anything that's uh, in a... What? Why do people? Oh my god! I can't, I can't believe this is the question. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on because I've got 46 questions more. So, um, question okay, two: okay. What is the purpose of the green lights underneath the the chassis of the of the car? They seem to they seem to draw a lot of attention to the police, and they they're they're trying to you know go under these trucks and rob these trucks. They're just drawing attention to themselves. They don't per, they don't seem to give any illumination that benefits the driver. What's the purpose of these these lights under the car? So they're purely for style. Um, they nice. what was what the movie is about is is about boy racer or girl racer cult, car culture, and it's one of the what I like to think of it as Paul is one of the last great action movies, and it's. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> 
It's got everything. It's got everything. So it's it's action. The story's like paper thin. It's so I've enjoyable. Whose review is this? Sorry. <laughs> it's so enjoyable. There's so many um, great moments, and it's just, it, it's just like set piece to set piece to set piece, and. Yeah. Even thinking about the movie right now, I'd love to rewatch it. And I think one of the one of the saddest things about Fast and the Furious is every movie that goes on gets further and further away from what Fast and the Furious one was. So I don't oh. know if you're going to continue continue down the franchise, but by the time you get to Fast and the Furious Eight, you are so far away from worrying about neon lights under cars that you're going to be like, at what point did the Rock become a superhero, and why is having I don't know. <clears throat> I, I can't even get into it. It's spoilers. I won't give you spoilers. I won't give you spoilers. But, I've got it. but look, the, the green lights are look. It's just for fun, you know. Don't I, worry about it. I've got to be honest. I did that. That second question was basically just to trigger you, and I don't have forty-seven more questions. Don't worry. I was just. Uh... So, what did I like about this movie? Okay, so I have made some notes here. So let me just get my. Uh... Okay, I really liked um, uh, Ted Levine as uh, Sergeant Tanner. Uh, so I um, I really like him. He's of course played the 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 bad guy, the very bad guy from uh, the Silence of the Lambs. Um, so that was great to see him. I don't feel like I've seen him enough. I hope he continues to show up in the other uh, eight or nine movies or whatever. Um, I also really like these eight movies, and because remember last week, Fast and the Furious Nine is delayed until uh, next year, I believe. So. I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure eight because I knew they had first uh, Fate of the Furious, which was eight, but they also have this Shaw and Hobbs thing, and I thought, is that one of them? Hobbs and Shaw, which is a, a spin-off. Um, it's it's more like a it's heading in a different direction, but it's not part of the the numbered okay series. Okay. Mm. Um, also, I really liked um, Rick Yoon as Johnny Tran. Um, I thought he was quite entertaining, and this is actually the first time I can recall seeing him, um, other than uh, when he played the villain in the Bond movie Die Another Day. Um, so I thought he was, um, I thought he was good. Um, on the subject of characters, Jess, character of Jess and Vince, I don't think I need to ever see them again. Uh, lol. I uh, I'm not sure. I don't want to know, but um, yeah, if they don't turn up in the next in the sequel, um, I, I won't miss them. Paul Walker, um, as, as 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 Brian O'Driscoll, O'Driscoll, not Brian O'Driscoll. That was a rugby player, was it, Brian? Brian O'Connor. Brian O'Connor. That's right. Yeah. I actually thought he was actually pretty good. Um, I feel like um, yeah, I feel like he's obviously at that point was was quite quite young and uh that came across a little bit but i thought he was uh pretty well-rounded and I, I enjoyed it um he starred opposite uh what's his name vin diesel right yeah vin diesel vin diesel i feel like vin diesel is vin diesel that's probably my issue with him i i think look he's no leonardo dicaprio right he, he kind of like how william shatner is always william shatner and you know I love Shatner, so, so that's that's okay. Because the irony is here is that Vin Diesel, I think, is actually perfect as his character because it just it just suits him. It's, it's what he looks like. It's like Bruce Willis is perfect as um, John McClane, right? He he he's perfectly 
pitched for this movie and it's like uh whether it's riddick whether it's what was it bloodshot uh whether it's whatever else i just so like he's just going to be the same and everything um his his voice that distracts me though does he uh, you know does he really sound like that it's insane his voice but if i accept that that's not really his fault and i can't ask him to change his voice box then uh i i guess in actual fact just to please you i actually think i only have two criticisms of this movie so um and those are and, and i would say give or take um hang on let me look at the names here uh letty played by Michelle Rodriguez and Mia, with the exception of those two characters, I actually feel like um, this movie probably shows its age just a little bit in terms of how the rest of the, the female characters are depicted, maybe the way they're dressed. Um, but, but, but where this movie has really aged, and this is the second criticism, is the soundtrack. And I'm going to have to go on the record, and you know how I love to go on the record and say that this has to be the worst soundtrack ever if there is a version of this that i could have watched that had no music in it or maybe hans zimmer could have done a score or maybe you could have done the score down on your ukulele i don't care maybe then it would be a lot easier for this movie to have been watched because it got to the point where the music was so bad it became enjoyable because you know as all these 90s uh, sound rapping songs and whatever kicked in i i just look over at diana and just start cracking out but as funny as that was it kept taking me at the moment and i should have been focusing on the brian o'connor chronicles so um look. I, this this movie I'll, I'll give you a chance i'll give the defense a chance to respond to the jury in a moment but this this movie whilst it's not something i would go looking to watch and I've basically only watched it because I had to listen to you reference it for like the six months of podcast. It's actually a good story. Yep. I think it has some great action. It has some hilarious one-liners that I've been reading through the quotes in IMDb and just cracking up this week, looking at them again. And it has done enough for me to say that I will go and watch the sequel. Too Fast, Too Furious. I like what they've done there. And hopefully these movies get better as they go along because I'm guessing that they must if they've made like, what was it you said? Sorry, another seven. Eight, yeah. eight. There's yeah. eight, eight. Yeah. Look, I'm proud of you, Paul, for watching it. Um, I've got to be honest. Said to me. Yeah, I've got to be honest. Look, this isn't uh, – this isn't a – uh, Lord of the Rings. This isn't uh, a new hope or Empire Strikes Back. This is Fast and the Furious one, and I like to think of it myself as a. There's a there's a ranking in an order and all of Fast and the Furious movies, and number one for me is so good because it's so bad. Like, and I think it it captures for me that perfect kind of 2000 2001 culture. It captures the music. It captures kind of the almost kind of this the this new era of um, people, you know, young people in cars, and just the whole premise of it, and the fact that they're stealing. Um, uh, DVD players. I don't. They're not even Blu-ray players. I don't think either. They're still in DVD players, which you know, like. <laughs> anyway, I think it's it's um, it's like it's it's not it. 
I don't go on about it because it's the greatest movie. I go on about it because it's so great for everything that it's about. It's I love like it's. I think it is a great story. I think it's like it's almost comedy gold. How kind of like um, kind of cheesy it is. Um, lots of the I think the big set pieces are again done terribly, but kind of great. You know, there's nothing there's nothing better than when Brian puts his foot down on the on the gas and then hits the NOS and then it's kind of like let's zoom into the engine and we're showing sparks yep. igniting and flame. It's so great. Um, and I just think about the movie as this kind of this perfect storyboard of these different scenes that happen, and each one of those scenes is so great. Even when um, Dom and Brian are like they're heading out to get a tuna sandwich down at the beach and they're just like racing people and just 10 second cars and the lines and the quotes and the I just love everything about it and I don't want to put you off this journey that you're you're thinking of going on but for me this this is the best this this is Fast and the Furious um at its best because it's kind of about this it's as close this is this is this is wrong it's it's more <laughs> grounded in real life than any of the other fast and the furious fast and the furious movies in the wow. sense that okay. in the sense that you know anyone like potentially anyone could own some form of sort of sports car and you know live the fast and the furious lifestyle you know whether you you know ideally you'd, you'd choose to do that safely but I think as the movies get on, it gets more and more like wilder and crazier. The stunts get bigger. The the action gets more extreme. Um, okay. There's more things exploding, and it's it's. It sounds like Fast, Transformer sequels. The Fast and Furious one is, is kind of grounded in this 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 reality around car culture, but it just it, it turns into something very different. By the time you get to Fast and the Furious Eight. You might actually quite enjoy it because it's not really about stealing um, DVD players anymore. It's it's about saving the world. So okay. So look, there might be something in there for you, but look, I'm proud of you for watching. You well, gave it a go. That's all I can ask. I, I did, thank you, Dan, and I am excited about the fact that Jason Statham uh, shows up in these movies as well because I, you know, we love a bit of the Stath. So um, I'll, I'll at least hang around until he turns up, hopefully, unless he turns up in like the last one or something. Oh, and look, there's the if there's nothing else in these movies, and I'm, I'm giving them a hard time because like I, I watch every single one of them, I maybe own all of them. There's there's some great there's some great comedy throughout, particularly once The Rock gets involved. So of course The Rock, of course. Well, there we go. It's it's been done. It's a, it's the start of something, and uh, in the coming podcasts, we'll be we'll be talking about your journey into the world of Star Trek, which I know um, your fiance mentioned uh, recently. So. I'll, we'll have a plan of attack for that. But um, until then, then, shall we switch across to our um, industry news section for the week? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so only a couple of things from me. Um, so um, one, have you seen that? Are you a, a fan of the Kingsman movies? Yes, indeed. The Colin Firth and uh, uh, I can't think of who else is in it at the moment. But yes, I am. So yeah, I see a, a trailer just dropped for um, the the third movie in that series. It looks quite interesting, uh, due to come out in uh, mid September, and so this one is um, looks like we're we, we're going back and back in time, um, looking at a bit more of an origin story. Looks really interesting. My favourite thing in watching the trailer for this movie with um, Samara was 
This reminds me of those Kingsman movies. <laughs> <laughs> she said, please don't talk about this on the podcast. Here I am talking about it. This, this, this is what happens, right? This is what happens. It's all, it's all good content. So it looks like a, a, a fun trailer. Um, makes me want to actually makes me want to rewatch those movies. Um, mm. they're, they're another sort of fun time. Um, and look, looking forward to the third one. Nice. The <clears throat> the one other bit of news. This is a, a TV show which I've been always interested in watching, um, but but haven't to date. Which is Cobra Kai, which is the it's the basically the the Karate Kid um, TV show. And so it's actually a YouTube original and. The third season of Cobra Kai, uh, which is due to come out soon, they're actually not going to put it on um, on YouTube. They're going to put it on Netflix. And what that means is Netflix is going to get all three seasons of Cobra Kai um, over the, the coming months, which I thought interesting. Mm, interesting. Um, looks like a really well-produced show. It's got really good ratings on IMDb, for example. It's, it's sitting at about an 8.8. .8. So I'm looking forward to three seasons of Cobra Kai coming our way soon. Excellent. That's Very all I've got. That's all you got. I haven't got much either. Um, I thought it would be just nice to quickly mention the, the sad news that uh, Ian Holm passed away just because I'm such a big fan of particularly him as as Ash in Alien. In fact, it was kind of bizarre because I only just mentioned him as Ash in Alien just in, in our last podcast last week. So, uh, uh, And, of course, as Bilbo, um, Bilbo Baggins in Lord of the Rings. So, um yeah, age 88, Ian Holm uh, has lost um, gaming news, EA Star Wars Squadrons. I'm not sure if you saw the trailer for this game. Um, I'm all over it. Yeah, I figured you might be. It's It will end up being in my house um, purely because my 11-year-old-to-be uh, son this year uh, will be nearly old enough to play that game. So, yeah, I'll start calling him turning 12 soon because yeah, he probably shouldn't be playing these games but what the hell uh, that looks pretty good um, but the big news for me this week uh, is and it's just I can't even say it without smiling is that Michael Keaton could be returning as Batman as Bruce Wayne for the first time in nearly 30 years and then this is huge this this is my Batman this is our Batman and this is like this is kind of like when when Disney announced that they were making the Star Wars movies after Return of the Jedi, and that Luke and Leia and Han were all coming back. It was kind of like, how can this be? How can this possibly? I, I've dreamt about this. Michael Keaton is the greatest actor of our time. He's the greatest Batman of all time. He's the person who bat brought Batman to the big screen and added the words "I'm Batman" and everything that's followed since then, from the Nolan trilogy to the Arkham game series. It's all a result of Michael Keaton making that first Batman movie a success. And okay, I feel like I'm a bit on the campaign trail here and um maybe he's maybe he's not the greatest actor of our time maybe i got a bit excited when i said that but i love michael keaton and look i'm buying a lot of ticket because for the first time in years i feel like if, if michael keaton can return to batman at age 68 then tell me what is not possible dan tell me well, probably what is not possible is having a, a Fast and the Furious 2, which is actually based more around the Fast and the Furious 1, not not on this other crazy world they're trying to build. What are they thinking? Anyway, I think okay. it's, um, it is interesting um, to see Michael Keaton potentially return to the role. What is interesting, though, about that is it's going to be as part of the Flash movie. Um, yes. 
and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, see, I, I read that too, but then I also immediately went, and this is where I've been a bit dangerous here. I went into into rumors, into into unverified um, news with without a blue tick, and you know what it's like if it hasn't got a blue tick, can you really trust it? But they were talking about, you know, how there could be multiple movies. Um, this could be like the, the way of introducing him. I see it more as being a uh, uh, like a, a mentor type role um, rather than him doing the action, surely. I think the the real dream for me with Michael Keaton would be to see him in a, a Batman Beyond type setting where he's Elder Bruce Wayne and um, there's a, almost like you say, he is a mentor to a, a young Batman. I don't know whether, this is probably a, a big um, faux pas, but I don't know if I, it's the, the Flash part of the story. Like, I'm not that interested in the Flash. Um, mate, look, maybe I will be. I don't know. I, I don't care about the Flash either. I've got to be honest, I don't care about the Flash. I, I, I tried the TV series and I didn't get into that either. I, I don't care. This could be, he could be turning up in like um, season six of Better Call Saul. If it's Michael Keaton as Batman, I'm on board. I just, maybe I'm just on the hype train a little bit at this point. I need to calm down. I'm being too loud. I need to calm down. Any other news? Not this week, but I do have a, a couple of things from the mailbag, if we want to switch over. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Switch, switch to that. Um, so on our last podcast, uh, you gave us your your review of um, The Goonies. And so diligently, as always, social media manager put out a post about that. And we got a nice little retweet from Jeff Cohen, um, better known as Chunk the original chunk from the Goonies movie, um, which got us a, a fair bit of traffic going forward from people who are big Goonies fans. So, um, so that was, that was kind of cool. Cause uh, you know, you, you never know who's going to be reading these things or who's going to see it. So that was, that was awesome. Um, and also on Twitter um, in the mailbag, um, a, a listener of the, of the podcast uh, who we've mentioned before, uh, Bruce Gray, uh, he uh, got in touch with us. Uh, with a piece that he had found um, on online uh, about Star Trek, so I, I know this is going to be another point of interest for for, for you, Dan. Um, and I would also like to say, firstly, Bruce, thank you very much for sending this in and for even using um, a hashtag for us as well. So we, you know, it's, it's always good to, you know, if you if you've got people creating hashtags, I always think that's a great thing, right? So um, we had a uh, where are we? I'm, I'm like I'm like my dad here, just trying to bring it up quickly on you know live on the on the go, not having it all ready to go. Uh, yeah, hash, hash, hashtag mailbag question. So uh, he sent through an article um, about what's the success of Star Wars um, with uh, animated show, how that might work in the Star Star Trek universe, and it's a really really interestingly framed article on Den of Geek saying you know, Star Trek needs its own version of Star Wars, the Clone Wars. So I find that that's a really interesting question and that there are so many different time zones to explore in Star Trek that haven't been explored that much but have been referenced. So the one which uh, springs to mind for me, for any Star Trek fans out there, is the Romulan War, which is something that was talked about in an episode of the original 60s series 
but we never we never really get to see it and i think that would be a really exciting time to go explore we've got the dominion war we could jump into the klingon war there's a number of different wars um but there's so much star trek out there that haven't that that hasn't been explored there's so much so many timelines and so many possibilities but the thing that sort of appeals to me when i think about this is and, and we could even go into the kelvin timeline actually if you think about those new movies that with the jj abrams has made which has kind of been like a, an alternate timeline um the, my, my main thought about this is what if they got one of the original tv crews uh back together and kind of do a, another animated series because the original series did that as I've talked about in the cartoons podcast we did, what if we get an animated series 2.0? And I'm thinking, I don't know about you, Dan, but I'm thinking, what about Enterprise, right? Let's get let's get that crew back together. So we talked about this as, uh, well, I talked about this as a, as a show that was cancelled too soon um, after just four seasons. Let's get Scott Bakula and his his crew back together for some voice work and get them to to, to do some voice work over, you know, the the NX01 going off on a on their historic mission. So, um, uh, so yeah. So, look, a really interesting article. Thanks for saying. And and just to finish that topic off, we also had a reply on this um, Twitter thread that Bruce started from um, at Trek Report, um, who got a got amongst it as well, and um, reminded us that in actual fact um, there is a Star Trek animated series that is already in the works, other than a, this comedy show which we already know about. There's another one which is being called rumored to be called Star Trek prodigy uh so that one's already underway so uh, we'll get i guess we'll find out where that might go um that's everything from my side of the mailbag i think just on the look i'm not normally one to carry on these uh these star trek conversations but i think what could be an interesting opportunity with a an animated show is it could be a chance to bring in a new audience um I think potentially a, a younger audience kind of That's start right. easing them into the Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek universe, get them interested in some of the um, the wider lore. And because I think I imagine this is probably what it's like if um, somebody said to me, "I want to, I want to watch Star Wars. Where do I start?" When I heard you say all of those words before, I felt like, oh, so many things to think about. I'm so overwhelmed. Different timelines, <laughs> Romulan class, Fahrenheit spaceship i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> wow romulan class fahrenheit i just don't know sometimes i really don't know um but look i think it it would be interesting i feel like it it, it could be a way to um yeah really sort of spark an interest for a, a, another generation um because it, it does feel like and I'm, I'm probably largely stereotyping here it feels like <laughs> <laughs> it feels like uh, you have to be a certain age to really appreciate Star Trek, <laughs> and really, and and when and people who love it love it so much. And I I wonder, like for example, like when I think about about your kids, Paul, like you know, are they interested in Star Trek? Like, what would be the thing that would like hook them in? Because you know, to keep these sort of like flames alive and sort of like burning in different ways. Um, something animated feels like the the perfect answer yeah and uh i think there's a lot in there that i agree with uh which is odd um i think getting the younger audience in is, is definitely the key that's where the success of clone wars worked well um so yeah so i think i think you're right there's a there's 
a great many opportunities to to start something else off and I appreciate you taking the time to continue that conversation forward then it's a it's a it's, it's a real treat <laughs> indeed indeed all right so um Today we're going to be going back and, and having a look at one of the another one of the questions that was um, sent into the the half measures mailbag, which was the the freckled pretzel question mm. around, um, I guess fan theories and of a sort of some of our favourite TV shows and movies um, and any that are sort of top of mind for us. So Paul and I've done a little bit of thinking. We've had a little bit of a, a, a looky around the internet, checked out a few, reminded ourselves of a few, come up with a few of our own. So we thought we'd just we'd share a few with you. So this is for you, uh, Freckled Pretzel. Paul, do you want to kick us off with um with one of your first ones? Yeah, I don't have I don't have too many, and I haven't dug too deep on them, but uh, and <laughs> some of them I just realised now as I um just look back at what I wrote down are, are pretty specific, but um. Okay, so The Walking Dead, fan theory. Maybe Rick Grimes is actually still in that coma that he was in during the pilot episode of season one. So we've got shades of lost here. But imagine, I mean, is it, yeah, none of this is real. I mean, it, it's not really likely given all the other series, of course. But hey, I, if nothing else, I thought it might trigger you a little bit, Dan, just because uh, you know, we all know and love how Lost ended. Um. Yeah, look, it's um, it's actually it's one I have thought about before. I think it's it would almost make perfect sense, wouldn't it? I, it doesn't really trigger me because I, I think it, it makes sense that you know you're you've been pretty badly wounded. You're you wake up in hospital. Or you think you wake up in hospital, and the world's coming to an end. That's you know could be a six day coma. Mm. What's up mm. for you? What's up for you? It's interesting you say Walking Dead because I, I also have a Walking Dead one. Okay. And it's actually a, <clears throat> that basically, and this is one that is, has been, I, I can't take credit for this, it's, it's been around for a while, but I'll, um, I'd like to take it a step further, is that Breaking Bad is actually the, the prequel to Walking Dead. Amazing. And, and so when you think about the, the, the blue meth and um, kind of like bad batches messing people up, um, you know that this ultimately kind of leads to the walking leads to the Walking Dead, and though it's you know not like for like, but you know you think some of those things like the the camper van that um that Wolf and Jesse have yes. the camper van and the start of Walking Dead. Um, who was it? Who had was it? Was it Dale had the camper van? Someone had the Dale camper van. Dale had the camper van. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Even though the camper van got crashed, but just sort of the, I mean, crashed yeah, yeah. the yeah, yeah, similar yeah. sort of concept. But there's a there's another thread to this um, theory where do you remember the TV show Malcolm in the Middle? Yep, yep. And so obviously with Malcolm in the Middle, um, Brian Cranston plays plays Hal the 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 father in that TV show. But there's an interesting internet theory that. Um, the guy that plays Malcolm in the Middle actually grows up to be um, in Breaking Bad. He's the one making and making and sort of it's like this Malcolm in the Middle, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead. It's a whole trilogy story that all comes together. Wow. Obviously, very different universes, but I, I kind of like it. I like it as well. Um, I, I had a bit of a Breaking Bad one as well, which doesn't go into as much detail, but 
if you pay attention to all the things that Gus Fring does during Breaking Bad up until his untimely demise, uh, was he actually working for the CIA? And like, it sounds like, I don't think so, but there's the, one of the wonderful things that the internet gives uh, are fan theories and there are pages and pages of notes and people that have gone to the trouble to circle specific screenshots and said, look at this bit here. And I love, I love the attention to detail of those things because, you know, here we are doing a podcast, giving it a lot of attention to detail and who knows how many people are listening to that, but these, these fan theories, they're putting a lot of effort into this, but yeah, there's, when you actually read through the notes, it's quite a compelling case that maybe Gus Fring actually worked for the CIA and was like deep, 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 deep undercover. Amazing. I love it. I'm interested. I let's ship it. Go with it. Yep. Um, another one that I've got is from The Walking Dead. Um, and so God, the Walking Dead. Walking Dead on the Game of Thrones. I was I don't know why I'm <laughs> saying the Walking Dead. God, what's wrong with me? Uh, it's from Game of Thrones. Um and um this is where one of the characters, Varys, um, who is the the master of, of whispers and um, information around the court, but he basically moves between kingdoms very quickly compared to lots of the other characters. And I've always really enjoyed the um, the fan the- theory and rumor that he's actually a merman and he can actually swim between the between the different mm. uh, continents and get around. It's obviously none of that played out to be true, um, as per the the hot train wreck that was the end of the of season eight of Game of Thrones. But I, I enjoyed thinking that he was actually something a little bit different as well, but never, never played out. Who knows? Maybe in the books we'll see something interesting more about him. Mm. I feel like yours are more researched and well-rounded. My, my next one is pretty simplistic. And again, if you don't know the show, you won't have a clue. It's Star Trek. So there was a character in the original series of Star Trek called Trelane who seemed to have like godlike powers. And the fan theory is, is that a Trelane is actually a Q. And you're thinking, what is a Q? So Q was a character from the next generation. Um, and I actually read a book back in the 90s called Q Squared, in which, whilst it's not, not canon, uh, they actually explored this theory that Trelane might actually be a Q. And um, a little link to Breaking Bad, uh, John Delancey is the actor who plays Q. He played um, Jane's father in uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, the the guy the the air traffic controller, um, so yeah, an interesting one there because very similar sort of powers that these two characters had. So could those two be the same character? I wonder. Who knows? Certainly not you, Dan. I'd say. Maybe we'll find out in the animated series. That's the spirit. <clears throat> I look I look forward to um, getting up to date with Star Trek, so we can one day have a a real deep and meaningful, and we can talk about. Coca-Cola class warships or something. I'm going to take that, minus the Coca-Cola bit at the end, I'm going to take that same bite. I'm going to set it as my ringtone. <laughs> okay, so another one for me is, this is a James Bond-related one, mm. and is that um, James Bond is actually not a singular person. So James Bond is a um, it's actually just a code name that's assigned to, to multiple MI6 agents throughout the years so when you think about um there being you know 50 years of, of james bond stories and and the reason that james bond flaunts his name so much is because it, it is just that it's a it's a it's a code name it's the sort of throw in the face and flaunt in front of people and that's why 
we've had so many different James Bonds and why they can continue to evolve the character into whoever they want to be because just like when you get your double O license, you also get assigned the, the name James Bond. I like that one. I like that a lot. I've not heard that before. I've heard a few James Bond ones, but I haven't heard that before. Nice. Um, I haven't got many more left. Uh, I've got Line of Duty, uh, and there's all kinds of fan theories here because of the the mystery of of who is H. Have have we actually have we truly discovered who H is even now at this point? Um, and so there's always heaps of fan theories around. You know, oh, Ted Hastings is is H. Um, but there's a lot of evidence that points to apparently Kate uh, being um, a double undercover, and maybe she's H. Um, so mm. that would that would be really, 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 really deep. There's also another fan theory that the letter H is much like James Bond, a bit of a red herring, and it's actually that the, it's there's no there's no one there. Um, so who knows? But uh, Line of Duty is a favourite show of ours, so I quite enjoyed reading about that one. Nice. Um, I'm going to dive into a couple from the internet, um, which I just thought were interesting. Um, not, um, not too deep or anything. That um, you know, Kevin from Home Alone, a young Macaulay Culkin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that he actually grows up to be um, the main killer in the Saw movies. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so when you think about um, Kevin's ability to set traps and um, basically, like toy with the the burglars trying to break into his house. Fast forward to older Kevin, um, which is is basically comes a character called John Kramer, who basically sets um, booby traps and traps and all sorts of things for um, people that have either wronged him or done something bad in their bad in their mm. life. Um, and they both got they both look pretty similar. So there's that. Grim. Very nice. My, my my final one um, is where is Baby Yoda during the the, the final three movies? Where, where was he in, during the Force Awakens and you know the Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker? You know he's he's obviously grown up by then. He's obviously got the Force. Why isn't he either a helping out Poe, Finn, and Ray, or or b you know siding with Kylo Ren and, and what have you? So there's a number of theories here. One is that he's he's still working alongside the Mandalorian and has established himself as a Mandalorian that can wield the Force. Um, there's there, there's a, f- a few here which are, are, are quite bizarre. Uh, one is that he he's been killed, and maybe we'll find out about that in the Mandalorian season two. That's a bit bit dark to be going into that. Um, another one, like Yoda, he's been forced to live a life of isolation in exile. Um, He's part of an effort to create a new generation of Jedi in secret, and that will be made clear in episode 10, I presume. Um, and there's some other, this article's got some interesting things where the, the rest of the, the cast of the Rise of Skywalker came out with some of their own theories. Um, and oh, I won't go into those now, but it, it is an interesting question when you can see someone who's got the force, where were they during those final three movies? And uh, Will we find out in subsequent TV shows, animated shows, games, comics, and books? I wonder. All right. So one more from me. So another internet one. And this is uh, a character, Jack Dawson from Titanic. So this is a, a, a quite a popular internet theory that um, Jack is actually from the future and he's a, he's a time traveler. And, 
the reason that people think this is because in the in the Titanic movie, um, Jack mentions a couple of things. So he mentions um, Lake Wasota, um, which he once fished at, and then a roller coaster on Santa Monica Pier. But both of those things didn't exist until after the Titanic sank, which was in 1912. And Jack has a, a haircut and hairstyle not really um, appropriate for the times. And he also carries a backpack, which wasn't actually uh, popular until 1930s. That's, see, again, I, what I love about that is the amount of effort that someone's gone into collecting evidence. And I start thinking that maybe some of these people could have been detectives because that's some, some really good work there. It makes me think, Paul, that um, when, you know, he was trying to get on that um, floating bit of wood or the door panel, it's been a while since I've seen that movie, yeah. and Rose said there's no room, that that's when um, Jack says, what, what are they saying, quantum leap? Like, all right, all right, like, beam me up, Ziggy, or <laughs> whatever they say. <laughs> I'm so glad we do this podcast over the internet, which which we only started doing, don't forget, because of, of, of COVID-19, and we've decided to keep going. I'm, it's at moments like this that I, I'm glad I'll be able to just turn my laptop off in a minute and I'm going to have to see you again. <laughs> That's outrageous. That is outrageous. Bear me up, Ziggy. Goodness gracious me. What does he say? It's going gonna, it's gonna to haunt me for the evening. What, what do they say when, you, when you're finished in Quantum Leap? Like, oh, boy. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, that'd be the perfect thing. Oh, boy. Yeah, and 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 beam me up, Scotty, which is what is famous for Star Trek, was never actually said in Star Trek. That's one of the, the funniest things. It was never actually said. It was just became this myth, just like just like people think that Vader says, uh, "Luke, I am your father," and it, mm, he doesn't mm. he doesn't he doesn't say Luke at all. It's amazing. Mm, mm. Was beam me up, Scotty? In a I think was it in a song or something, or a, a parody music video or something? Or I'll just stop. Just <clears throat> just stop. Good. <laughs> parody it's been a good podcast Dan I've enjoyed this week I've enjoyed uh, it's been therapeutic watching you go through the torturous uh, review of The Fast and the Furious and who knows this time next week who knows there may be another one for you but we'll have to wait and see I guess uh, before I say goodbye I just wanted to once again thank uh, people that are getting involved with us uh, through the, the social media channels so don't forget to Get in touch if you wish to through Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Join our Discord community in the description of this episode. And um, our thanks once again to Mission Log Podcast and the Roddenberry Podcast Network for supporting this podcast today. Yeah, thanks everyone. Um, and thanks again, Freckle Pretzel, for your, your topic of the show. We had a Indeed. lot of fun. Adios, guys. Mm-hmm.